Vegeta scale, which factors in the damage left in a tornado's wake to more accurately gauge how strong it was, though so much is still a guessing game. In 2013, some neighborhoods that had been rebuilt after 1999 were hit again, a destructive second act that has never happened to any other city. But just when it seemed it might be an exact replay of May 3, the May 20 tornado turned slightly to the east, taking aim at the heavily populated central part of Moore. At points, it became wider and moved more slowly than the previous storm, becoming what is known as a grinder as it took its time chewing neighborhoods into tiny bits. The storm left behind more than $2 billion in damage, giving it the dubious distinction of being one of the most costly tornadoes in history. The May 3 tornado had been ranked as an F5, the highest rating under the original Fujita scale. The tornado that hit 14 years later was categorized as an EF5, the highest possible rating on the updated scale. Moore was suddenly one of the only cities in the world to have been hit twice, in almost exactly the same spot, by two maximum-strength tornadoes. Before Moore had a chance to fully digest its latest unlucky bout with the weather, the storm siren sounded again. Just 11 days later, on May 31, an even larger storm developed to the west of the city. A tornado that was at least 2.6 miles wide, bigger than the width of Manhattan, touched down in nearby El Reno, a few miles west of Oklahoma City, not long after Friday evening rush hour. The El Reno Storm, as it came to be called, is now the widest tornado on record. Fortunately, the tornado hit the ground in wide-open farm country, where houses were few and far between. Just as it began to aim east toward the more heavily populated city of Yukon, whose main road into town is named after its most famous son, the country singer Garth Brooks, and beyond that to Oklahoma City, it lifted, sparing more from another devastating hit. But it left behind irreparable damage. People still jittery over the May 20 tornado had jumped in their cars and tried to flee the storm at the last minute, clogging the roads as the twister approached. Four people, including a mother and her infant son, born just 17 days earlier, died when the storm sucked their vehicles off the roads on and near Interstate 40, where the tornado's nearly 300-mile-per-hour winds picked up 18-wheelers and twisted them like tinfoil. The twister had been moving straight east, but out of nowhere, it quickly changed direction several times, erratically veering northeast, then heading due north as it grew into one of the most violent storms in history. It then literally made a loop over Interstate 40, turning around to hit land it had already hit. It swerved west, then southwest, then south, then southeast and east again, covering several miles in just minutes. Nobody had ever seen a storm like it, and as it unpredictably danced all over the landscape, the tornado was so gargantuan that no one on the ground realized it was changing direction. It was so massive 
It had multiple vortices swirling around inside it. Monsters within the monster. Though you couldn't see them until you were right up on it, at which point you were too close to escape. With no warning, the massive twister turned on people who had been chasing the storm, including crews from the local television stations and the Weather Channel, who were sending live video feeds when the tornado began raining debris down on them. Some were picked up in their cars and hurled off the road. Many had spent their careers warning people to avoid the path of a dangerous tornado, and now they found themselves unexpectedly discovering the consequences firsthand. Three veteran storm chasers died that night. Their white Chevy Cobalt was found half a mile from where it was lifted up by the storm, crushed like a crumpled up soda can and dropped in the middle of a canola field. Still buckled in the passenger seat.